The Hamlet Podcast, Episode 89. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hamlety. After all of the build-up and discussion and inference and Hamlet's own contributions as playwright, the performance has actually begun. We discussed last time how Shakespeare's inclusion of a dumb show lends the player's presentation a kind of old-fashioned feeling. Of course, there are those who might argue that all of Hamlet, and even all of Shakespeare, feels old-fashioned, but that's their call. There's plenty of fun to be had in staging this scene, since it's an opportunity for actors to play actors. Any given production will have to determine the style of the player's performance, and juxtapose that with the quote-unquote real life of Claudius's court, and Hamlet's own ongoing performance of madness. In countries with a strong history of traditional performing arts, it can be a fascinating opportunity to incorporate these into a Shakespeare play. After the dumb show, a prologue appears. For an Elizabethan audience, it was not uncommon for a performer to enter the stage and address the audience at the beginning of a play with some introductory remarks. Late plays like Henry VIII and Pericles both have prologues, and the device is very memorably recreated in the film Shakespeare in Love, which centres on the development of the play Romeo and Juliet. The prologue to that play is probably the most famous of all Shakespearean prologues. It begins two households both alike in dignity, and gives a very neat summary of the play that follows. Here in Elsinore, Ophelia has just asked if the dumb show is a summary of the story they're about to see, As the prologue is entering, Hamlet explains, We shall know by this fellow. The players cannot keep counsel. They'll tell all. Hamlet says that yes, this fellow will tell them what's happening. Shakespeare lands a weird little dig here. He says that actors can't keep secrets, so they're liable to tell you anything you want to know. So of course the prologue will reveal all of the story's secrets. It's a strange little joke, at the expense of his own profession and his people, but it's a funny little moment. This doesn't last, as Ophelia again asks, will he tell us what this show meant? There's not much explanation needed here before Hamlet replies, I, or any show that you'll show him, be not you ashamed to show, he'll not shame to tell you what it means. Hamlet continues his barrage of rude references to Ophelia's lap, and surrounding area, suggesting that the actor playing the prologue will explain any show he sees. If Ophelia wants to show him something, he will explain it. So as long as she's game to show herself to him, he won't be ashamed to tell her what it means. Hamlet's really being very unpleasant. It's all very well to try and explain his shenanigans with the excuse that he needs to appear mad, but he's really rotten here talking to Ophelia like this. She says as much, You are naught. You are naught. I'll mark the play. Naught is the word from which we get the word naughty, and it means badly behaved. She's had enough and presumably tries to quiet Hamlet so that the player can speak and she can hear what he has to say. The poor actor finally does get to speak and delivers his introduction. For us and for our tragedy, here stooping to your clemency, We beg your hearing patiently. And that's it. There's no mythological explanation, as in Pericles, or a perfect sonnet designed to introduce the story and the poetry of Romeo and Juliet. Just three little lines. We actors 
hoping that you will be an attentive audience, bow before you and ask for your indulgence as we perform our play. For us and for our tragedy, here stooping to your clemency, we beg your hearing patiently. The prologue is so short that Hamlet makes a joke about it. He says, Is this a prologue or the posy of a ring? Is this an appropriate prologue for a play, or is it the kind of short scrap of poetry you'd normally find inscribed inside a ring? Now, considering the fractured state of the relationship between Hamlet and Ophelia, there's probably room for some resonance around the word ring here. Shouldn't Hamlet be giving Ophelia a ring? Or should he have? Or if he had, did she give it back recently among the various remembrances she returned? Ophelia's responses in this scene are so thankless for any performer playing her that I have to wonder how much else could be going on. Agreeing with Hamlet's surprise at the length of the prologue, she says, "'Tis brief, my lord." Once again, Hamlet gets a fast, sharp comeback, almost finishing Ophelia's thought when he says, "'As woman's love.'" This could be a jab at Ophelia, but might even be more effective if Hamlet is looking at Gertrude when he says this. It's Gertrude whose frailty Hamlet lamented earlier in the play, and here we are seeing her with Claudius in as relaxed a setting as we ever will as the king and queen sit to watch this performance. Said performance now commences. The performative and textual history of Hamlet has almost always referred to the lead actors of the travelling company as the player king and player queen. This isn't actually correct, as Hamlet will explain a good deal later that the characters are actually a duke and duchess. Of course, player duke doesn't have nearly the same resonance as player king, and there's no counterpart in real life, so it's understandable that this never stuck. But if anyone ever asks, bear this in mind. The husband and wife take the stage, and the man begins to speak. Full thirty times hath Phoebus' cart gone round, Neptune's salt wash, and Tellus' orbed ground, and thirty dozen moons with borrowed sheen about the world have times twelve thirties been, since love our hearts and hymen did our hands unite, commutual, in most sacred bands. We've come back now to the same kind of language as appeared in the actor's earlier speech about Pyrrhus and the Trojan War. Now Shakespeare is really showing off his ability for style and particularly for mimicry because he's manipulating the verse that the actors speak to sound like less impressive poetry. Shakespeare's own ability to make iambic pentameter, the standard rhythm of Elizabethan drama, sound like ordinary spoken sentences is one of the great keys to his genius. And here, because it's a performance, He's kind of distorting the word order of several ideas and sentences in order to make the rhyming scheme sound better and clearer. The rhyming couplets are another way of making the performance stand out as deliberately theatrical. Of course, Shakespeare was a master of this too, as evidenced in A Midsummer Night's Dream. But this play here in Denmark isn't quite as brilliant on purpose. All that the king, or duke, is saying is that he has been married to the Queen for 30 years. That's literally all he says, but he does so in a very poetic manner. The chariot, or cart, of Phoebus has gone around the earth 30 times on its annual journey, around Neptune's salt wash, the sea, and the orbed grounds of Tellus, who was a minor deity and the representation of the earth. So, the sun has made its journey around the earth and sea 
30 times. 30 dozen moons have spun around the Earth too. The character breaks the year up into 12 months, themselves governed by the moon, that were illuminated by her borrowed light, or sheen. So, 30 years have passed since love joined their hearts and Hymen, the god of marriage, joined their hands. That's pretty much all there is to it, albeit rather more concisely presented in Shakespeare's neat, if pedestrian, fake poetry. By now, dear listeners, I'm sure you're overcome with excitement at this rollicking, dramatic language, so we'll pause there and save the player Queen's imminent speech for the start of the next episode. Thank you very much for listening, and be sure to share the podcast if you know of somebody who might enjoy it. There's always more stuff going on to the website, thehamletpodcast.com, so be sure to pay a visit sometime soon. I'll be back with episode 90 this time next week, and I'll speak to you then.